0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso podcast, your morning shot at what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash. On today's show, we're talking about vacant property. The chorus of complaints about housing affordability has gotten a lot louder in the last year with the increasing demand that we've experienced across North America and the inflationary pressure that we're currently experiencing. The affordable housing advocates are pointing the finger at developers who are often replacing derelict and functionally obsolete structures with new, modern, higher-density products. Naturally, these new buildings are more expensive than what they replaced. Often, these developments create a few hundred units of housing where previously there might have only been a handful. Lately, cities have been looking at the numbers of vacant buildings in the city and seeing those vacant buildings as a problem on multiple fronts. These vacant buildings could provide badly needed housing, and vacant buildings also have more than their fair share of problems with vandalism, exterior upkeep, and snow removal. The question is, why do owners specifically choose to keep properties vacant? It seems counterintuitive that a property that's capable of generating income and reducing the holding cost should be kept vacant. as particularly true in tight market conditions. But the truth is, developers often purchase properties that have very limited as-is value. Their true value is for redevelopment when assembled with one or more neighboring parcels. But the land assemblies can take some time. Sometimes, a developer is able to assemble all the pieces they want for a particular development, but they're missing one critical property that would complete the jigsaw puzzle. In my case, I completed a land assembly in Philadelphia consisting of 19 properties spanning an entire city block. Completing that land assembly took five years from start to finish, and during that time, there were problems with vandalism and people dumping trash. We received several citations from the city that were the result of people dumping on our properties. During that time period, one of the properties that we actually did not own at the time was vacant and had fallen into disrepair. The city condemned that vacant building, and when the demolition crew went to demolish that building, they accidentally hit and damaged one of our buildings with their excavator. It was damaged beyond repair. So then we received a condemnation notice from the city and an invoice from the city for demolition of the building that they had damaged in the act of demolishing the property next door. Needless to say, we are a little taken aback at the perceived lack of justice in that treatment. Now, some cities have proposed a vacant building tax to create a financial incentive for owners to keep their buildings occupied. Land assemblies are undertaken to bring a property to its highest and best use. Even a small incremental investment in a property prior to demolition makes no financial sense when the time horizon to development is too short to recoup that investment. Many jurisdictions have regulations that make it difficult to terminate a residential lease. In those situations, you might have completed your land assembly and have all the entitlements needed for your project, but have a single residential tenant who refuses to leave, and that single tenant can cause costly delays if they refuse to leave and the regulations prevent the owner from evicting for redevelopment. While commercial leasing is more flexible in terms of ending a tenancy, the cost and effort of finding a tenant and fitting out a property for only a limited period of time often doesn't make good business sense either. That contributes to longer-term vacancies in commercial properties, or at least the commercial portion of a mixed-use property. Some cities are looking at various regulations to create the incentives for owners to keep their properties occupied as long as possible. Some cities are contemplating a vacant building permit system. It's basically a tax, but by another name. It's worth noting that in order for a building to be considered vacant, Some definitions require that building to be 100% vacant, and naturally, if the building can avoid that 100% vacancy threshold by some other means, then the number of truly vacant buildings might go down, but the actual utility of that vacant space to the community would change very little. Is it fair to tax a building owner whose building goes vacant through no fault of their own? Maybe there was a fire or a flood or some other event that forced the building to go vacant. The current building code requires that building standards be maintained in order to be occupied. And if a building is not occupied, there's a large gray zone where the building doesn't need to meet the building code. And those buildings can remain vacant and in disrepair for a long time before meeting the threshold for condemnation. The scope of the problem varies widely from one city to the next. For example, in 2015, the city of Philadelphia conducted a condemnation of 1,344 properties in a single zip code. They did that with the assistance of the Philadelphia Housing Authority. There's many more vacant buildings above and beyond that number. It's estimated there's about 40,000 vacant properties in Philadelphia. By comparison, in my home city of Ottawa, Canada, with a population of a million people, there's approximately 200 vacant structures. And of these, half are residential, 45% are commercial, and about 5% are government-owned. To put that in perspective, about 1,700 properties change hands each month in my home market. And there's currently about 900 properties listed for sale in the market, representing a little over two weeks of inventory. Even if all the vacant buildings disappeared, the overall contribution to the market supply would only be a few days' worth of inventory. The stakeholders complaining about vacant buildings argue for punitive fees to create an incentive for buildings to be occupied, and cities that are grappling with this issue are examining a wide range of fees and regulations that will become ultimately another hurdle for owners to jump over and affect the complexity of projects to achieve completion. If you're contemplating a development in a particular city, make sure you're aware of their vacant building regulations. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.